Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
But if, but if we, we confess, confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most, Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. Behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. He said to me, 
Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thank 
The epistle is from 1 John chapter 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, they are withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, in his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put, your, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of our Lord. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe, I believe in, in one God, God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, my eyes, ears, and all my limbs, my reason and all my senses, and still preserves them. I remember more than 15 years ago when my daughter was in about first or second grade. I was asked to come in and talk about disabilities. As a nurse, I am familiar with such things. I spoke of deafness and related the issue I had in my right ear. I, I had and I still have difficulty hearing some frequencies due to hearing loss that probably resulted from using a string trimmer for way too many hours, way too close to my right ear. The gas motor just screaming a couple feet away. As we drove home from school that day, she was quiet, and then she asked me a simple question with deep concern. Dad, how long have you been deaf, and why haven't you told me? I was not deaf. I just couldn't hear certain frequencies in that ear. I related to the class how it impacted my job as a nurse because I had a hard time triangulating what direction different alarms were coming from in the unit. It did not impact my performance, but it was a nuisance. The possible good side was if sleeping, I could lie down with that ear up and not hear noises that might keep me awake. But I could not hear birds either, and that is sad because the gift of hearing had been damaged. What a wonderful gifts our Father in heaven has given us and how often we in our sinfulness take them for granted. We use them in ways that are not edifying to God and to the faith we have been given versus hearing his word. We do not use them to the glory of our creator, but often use them to engage in flagrant sin. Mine was not so evil, but it was simply not protecting the gift I had been given. I did not know or think of doing it. Enter the story of Thomas. Doubting Thomas, if you go with the standard interpretation of Thomas not believing. Jesus appeared in the upper room and showed himself to the disciples without Thomas present. They saw his wounds and they believed. These disciples told Thomas they had seen the risen Lord, but he did not trust in their account. We are not told why Thomas was not with them when Jesus had appeared. He may have arrived late, but we are told they recounted the events to him, and he did not believe them. We also are not told in John's Gospel why they are all together a week later. It's quite possible they gathered after the death and resurrection of the Lord to console one another, to pray, to recount the words and teachings of Jesus to them, or hoping he would appear again as he had a week earlier. It could have been the earliest form of the church. After all, they had to be in a bit of trouble concerning where to go and what to do next. Peter's own words and confession confessed the loss they would have without him. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. They must have been asking, what does this mean in their pre-Pentecost time? Imagine their joy when Jesus first appears with them despite the door that is locked to keep others out. But Thomas is not there to share that joy. However, he is there this following week 
a week after the resurrection. And he has stated he will not believe until he has given the same testament they received. That is, to see Jesus with his own eyes and to even put his hands in the wounds Jesus had suffered. Hearing of Jesus being alive was not enough. It is quite possible, it's quite possibly this could be the thought process he was having. Unless I see just as you did, I am not one of you. I want to be, but I need to see, even touch my resurrected Lord. He wanted to believe, like they did, based on the same facts they had been given that were not in evidence for him. It could be argued that he is doubting and testing God. Even so, this only serves to show the rich grace and mercy of God in Christ, that Jesus would appear and show himself to Thomas, giving him the proof he so passionately desired. We are not told if Thomas actually touched Jesus, but in an act of mercy and grace, he was invited to do so. He was invited to touch him so that he might have faith. And as the gospel tells us, he did have faith, saying, my Lord and my God, what a great confession. But immediately following are Jesus' words to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. There is a change taking place, a change in the way Jesus will bring to faith not only the 12 apostles, but all who believe in him. Remember, the New Testament was being lived. It had not been written. John's words inspired by the Holy Spirit, the ones following immediately in verse 30, had not been written yet. They read, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Did you hear them? They are the words of St. John the Apostle. They were given for your hearing, to create faith in you. They were not there for Thomas. Thomas had not been there when Jesus spoke to the frightened disciples, breathing the Holy Spirit into them as he did so. Peace be with you, he said. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Peace be with you. What an absolution from God. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. But he did not say to Thomas, but he did say to Thomas, Do not disbelieve, but believe. With the immediate confession of Thomas, it could be argued that the very word that Christ spoke to him, that he heard, created the very faith he confessed, even as seeing Jesus could have. Surely it would be the apostles' words, first spoken at Pentecost and later recorded in Holy Scripture, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, that would create faith in those who would have ears to hear. Now, this same word is for you. The wonderful gifts of sight and hearing given by God enabled Thomas to see and hear his Lord, our Lord, and have faith. Jesus said that he had come so the blind may have sight and the deaf be made to hear. We were once deaf and blind. Blind, deaf, dead, enemies of God is what sin had wrought in us. But God in his mercy sent his Son, the same son that stood before Thomas. Thomas has long been asleep in Jesus, but Jesus is still risen and alive, for Christ is risen. 
Amen. But even as we live a new life in Christ, the devil seeks to use the gifts God has given us to distract us and turn us away from the joys of the resurrection of Christ that we share with him in our baptism. He wants our eyes and our ears and all of our senses to turn from our creator to the created things, to idols. The sinful damage I did to my ears was the product of ignorance, even possibly thinking it won't happen to me. But there were far more sinful assaults on the gift God had given me at the time of my birth and gifts he has cared for since. Some the result of my own sinfulness and some the sins of others. Looking back, it was always the devil. Hey, shiny object over here. Always trying to take my eyes and ears and thoughts off of God, my creator. Tempting me to use them to idolize his creation. What idols have you been tempted to set your sights and tune your ears into lately? Especially as you look for some normalcy or comfort in these social distancing, self-quarantining, mask-wearing days. What doubts have you had this past week or several weeks? What worries have you had? The devil wants us to trust in that which is totally untrustworthy. Anything but Jesus, you can imagine him saying in our time of trial, we find ourselves doubting, but tr- doubting versus trusting. Anything except us looking to God's word and his gifts. He would have us place our trust anywhere else versus turning to God and with faith in him asking real questions and seeking strength. Why God? Why is all of this going on? That's an honest question. Help my faith in you, Lord. Help me to trust in you alone. Lord, keep me safe in all of this. Remind me that death cannot harm me. Christ Jesus, our Lord, knows this COVID thing inside out. Rest assured in knowing that. From the beginning to the end and the complete middle, he knows it. He will work his good and perfect will even in this pandemic. His church, we his body, will survive because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is, prevail against us. How is that possible, you might ask? It is because even in death, we are victorious. The church is victorious. We are victorious because Christ, the Christus victor, has been victorious in our place and has granted all the benefits of his victory to us. He has freely forgiven our sins, given us faith, and eternal life. I'm amazed, and I give praise to God that within our congregation, none have been knocked low or died of this virus. That may change, but even so, death is not new. It awaits all of us at some point, and there are families in our congregation who have loved ones who have died of other causes while all of this is going on. In faith, their souls are asleep in Jesus, apart from their bodies. In our Old Testament lesson, Ezekiel is given the vision of dry bones that he is to prophesy to. He does. And the bones are joined together with muscles and tendons and flesh. I always think of looking at anatomy books when I was in school at this point. But like the images in the books, or like lifeless models of human form, they are lifeless bodies. Then he is told to prophesy to the breath that may may come into these inanimate, lifeless bodies. He did. And life came to them, a great army. 
It was a sign of the resurrection to a people that did not have faith in God that were doubting. It was a sign of the promise of eternal life that would come through the promise of the one spoken of by the prophets. And now Christ is risen. We have the sign, testimony, and the word of God that we may hear and believe. We may believe what we, that we are a loved We may believe that when we or a loved one dies in Christ, that is with faith in what he has done, with his glorious death on the cross and proven with his resurrection, with faith in his making us co-heirs with him in his kingdom via his work in us through baptism with water and his word, that his faith is strengthened by hearing his word and receiving his sacraments of the altar, his body and blood. When we die in this faith, we never die. We have already died with Christ and have been raised to eternal life even now. We live it now and not yet. We suffer because of sin, our own and that of others, but we live with a sure hope. No, really, we live in a reality that this life is not the end. We live, in, we live that reality at the altar of our Lord where we sing, the holy, we sing with the holy apostles, with St. Thomas, the martyrs, and all the company of heaven, including our loved ones that have gone before us, all of them around the altar with us. We sing, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. With faith in Christ Jesus, and at the hearing of his word, we are bold to say, like Thomas, my Lord and my God, we believe our trust is in you. Grant us strength to resist the evil one and his temptations. Come quickly, Lord, and save us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, you brought us up out of the Egypt of hell and into the Zion of Christ church through the Red Sea of the baptismal font. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that as we continue to wend our way through the wilderness of the sinful world, we would long for the pure spiritual milk of your word and receive the sustenance we need until we are brought to the promised land of the life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, your Son appeared to his disciples in his resurrected flesh to ordain them and to send them out into the world, that repentance and the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name. Continue to raise up for us faithful men to serve in the office of the holy ministry and sustain those whom you have sent with courage and endurance. Bless their service among your people, who with St. Thomas confess Jesus as their Lord and God. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, you appoint rulers and officials for the sake of order and peace. Bless those whom you have placed in authority over us at the federal, state, and local levels. Give to them the desire to serve with integrity and honor and to work for the benefit of all. Protect them, give them health, and direct them wisely in their response to the ongoing pandemic. Lord, in your mercy. 
Hear our prayer. Gracious God, look with mercy upon all who suffer in this veil of tears, those isolated, ill, or endangered from the coronavirus, and those especially that we remember now. The family of Andy Kurtz, the family of Linda McMonagle, the family of Marty Luke, for Michael, Bob, Carlos and Janica, Helen and Carl, for Carol, Mike, Joel, Jim, and Billy, for Brian, for our shut-ins and those who must endure isolation at this time for the sake of their health, especially Olga, Lorraine, Anne, and Doris, for the work of Lutheran Child and Family Services in the midst of their mission to those in need of the love of Christ and even basic necessities, and for all expectant mothers and their unborn children, especially Laura, Allie, Anna, Megan, Anne, and Ashley. Provide all for whom we pray with loving and compassionate care. Comfort them with the reminder that everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and that believing that Jesus is the Christ, they have life in his name. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Loving God, as your risen son visited his disciples on the eighth day of his resurrection, so he visits us in his word and sacrament whenever Christians are gathered together in his name. Bless those who come to receive him at this holy altar this day. Open their mouths that they would be filled with the sweet honey of Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of their sins. Comfort and sustain as well those who are unable to gather with us today, this Lord's Day, for your holy sacrament. Preserve all of us in the faith, that together with all the saints who have gone before us, we may be raised to live forever in Christ's kingdom, which has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trust in your mercy, through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him praise. 
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially, we are bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, with Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord, of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. You alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you to eternal life. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. Thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.